last week's Dark Side of the Ring was a brutal watch. Much of the information about the plane ride from hell was already common knowledge, except we've never heard from the innocent bystanders that had to deal with the rowdy bunch of wrestlers. I'm Ryan Joy, and I write MinutesToBellTime.com, a website, database, track, pro wrestling, around the world. On today's show, we're talking about the plane ride from hell and Dark Side of the Ring, and what we think the future might hold for the accused and for others. We also have headlines from the weekend. El Carl is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for September 20th, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. All right, Al Carl, welcome to the show. Like you had me again. There we go. How's everything going on? Everything's good. Dark side of the ring is going to be a very, it's going to be a tough topic to talk through, but we had a great weekend of wrestling. We had Victory Road, which I know you saw. I didn't have the opportunity to see, but we have some interesting news coming out of that. We had a good SmackDown. We got Rampage coming up this week. A whole bunch of news and stuff to talk about. So we'll get into Dark Side of the Ring and then we'll pivot and we'll talk about all the fun stuff that's in the world. But I guess yeah. we, we do have to, this is the daily wrestling news show and we have to have to cover the good with the bad and unfortunately dark side of the ring this past week was one of the bats and up until this point i think most of the dark side of the ring episodes were things that everybody was prepared mentally to see and then when we got to this show i think people were also prepared mentally like oh, okay we know this was a horrible plane ride we know there was a big fight on it we know about doc hendrix losing his ponytail but what we didn't know about was things like H bonds and sexual assault and all that stuff that just kind of take us all down a notch as wrestling fans. And there's no excusing all the stuff that happened, but I do, but I do want to say that this happened a lot during the seventies, eighties, nineties with athletes from other sports and actors celebrities, musicians, all those various places. So while this is a bad story about wrestling, I just want to mention that I think that it's also stories like this could be found everywhere. That said, the show Dark Side of the Ring this past week centered around the story of WWE coming back from a UK tour that culminated with an insurrection pay-per-view. So they were coming back from the UK to Connecticut. We heard stories and accounts from a flight attendant was, that was on the chartered plane that WWE used to come back that told of all the chaos and the assault. We also heard from Terry Runnels, who had some experiences and stories about her own ex-husband and also with Brock Lesnar, even before they got on the plane and things like that. We heard a story of Ric Flair, who we have always known the stories about Ric Flair. He always talks about, I got on the plane and I'm wearing nothing but the robe. We've all heard those stories for something about hearing that story from in this context and he's the, the ropes wide open and he's doing the helicopter motion with his junk and stuff like that. It seems all funny and stuff until you hear the story from the flight attendant's point of view. And then you hear her tell the story of Blair cornering her in the galley and then forcibly making her touch him and then that just brings you next level in this story. There is also a story about this same flight attendant being 
pulled in by Scott Hall, where he licks her face. And the same flight attendant was trying to get the microphone back from Dustin Rhodes, who had commandeered it to sing a song to his ex-wife who was on the plane. And there was a underlying no sell it mentality that was in the wrestling business at that time. And when something happened, the best thing to do is to not sell it. Otherwise there'll be more of it. So that's what advice Terry was given when Brock Lesnar exposed himself to her in a locker room. And when Dustin was singing on the plane and the flight attendant actually came back around and said, when she was being assaulted by Flair, it was Dustin who helped her get out of that situation, which she's like, well, like Dustin took the microphone and everything and wouldn't give it back. But she's like, I, I take it easy on him from a perspective of the fact that he got me out of that situation. So all in all, like we hear all these accounts that happened and they're horrible things. You got a, uh, a huge fight like up against the exit door between Kurt Henning and Brock Lesnar. Kurt Henning gets fired. Dustin Rhodes gets uh, fined. Scott Hall gets fired. So there's lots of things that happen. JR's on here you know, giving his perspective and it wasn't even a good look for JR even in this thing. The interviewers asked JR, hey, why didn't Ric Flair get more punishment coming out of this thing? Yeah. They talk about him, him being a made man. He got a pass. That's basically all JR could say. Al, up to this point, anything you want to mention on the subject? Yeah, the, the, the lesson here, the, there, if there is a lesson here, and this is why the flight attendant came out and spoke on this, the consequences that comes from the actions, exactly what she said, and this is what rang out to me in the whole entire, at the very end, this is the, Rick Flair, Scott Hall, whoever, they woke up the next day, well, that was a messed up flight off. And then they just went about their day. Meanwhile, they emotionally scared somebody for the rest of their lives to the point where it's, I'm, but I've never been scared like that. I can't even put into words. I can't understand what that poor flight attendant is going through still to this day, almost 20 years later. So that was 2003. So now 18 years later. And it, it's, it's not just, it's just, Everything. You're exactly right. This happens all this is for real life. This is not wrestling. This is gonna happen with even just a random plane of people. Doesn't have to be athletes or musicians or whatever. They just be a random frat house of just guys. And again, this is the the consequence of their actions. It's the same it, it almost gets thrown out to the point where you bully a kid in school. And then all of a sudden, the guy, you think you're funny, you think this is a joke, and you go by your day. Meanwhile, the kid that's being bullied is just mentally just gone. Like, they're traumatized, traumatized, horrified, however you want to put it. So you don't understand the consequences of your actions. And I think that's the the main point on this, and that's why the flight attendant wanted to speak out on it. Again, this is, yeah, she was not, to the fullest extent, but it's still enough to score. So it's it, 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 horrible thing. I, I honestly wish, I know you wanted to talk about it on the show. I wanted to know more about the plane ride from hell because, okay, yeah, Kurt Henning's a prankster. He had gone to a wrestling match with Brock Lesnar. I, yeah, okay. It could be worse things. Okay, you know, Dustin Rhodes drunk singing to his ex-wife. Okay. I can't tell a drunk texted ex-girlfriends too. Like, it's, you know, this, 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 and that's all fine. Cutting Michael Hayes' hair. Because X-Pac wasn't getting pushed the right way, that's fine. 
Fender's player, and then Lesnar got linked into it. I didn't think that was, I don't want to say unnecessary, but oh my God, I even Brock's brought in on this. Yep. And it's, it's horrible. I really wish I didn't see that. And I, I wish stuff like this just didn't happen. I know the world's not perfect and all this stuff's going to happen. And it's, it, it, it's horrible. We really have to do better as human beings to stop scoring each other. It's not funny. Right. Funny at the time, and you you think it's funny, you know, picking on the kid for having a lift when he's in your fifth grade or whatever. He has braces and whatnot, but it's, it's life-changing. Yep. Yeah, you're, you are echoing, I think, the comments of Rob Van Dam on the show. They had, a, they had several people on here that were on the plane. They had Rob Van Dam, Tommy Dreamer, who we'll get into in a second, and they had Justin Credible, Jim Ross, and several people that were on the plane. The thing Rob Van Dam said at the end, which was, it was jarring at the time, but it's, I think it's, it's echoing kind of what you're saying. Man, sometimes you just don't, you don't want to know this stuff about these people. Like it, it does, you don't want to meet your heroes. You don't want to get too close to them. You don't want to know what they're really like because boy, will it scars you a little bit, right? Like it's going to be hard to look at Ric Flair doing one of his Ric Flair promos, talking about drinking and stuff like that again with it without thinking back to this. So all of us lose a little innocence in this in some ways. I do want to get into the Tommy Dreamer aspect of this because Tommy Dreamer made some comments on here that have gotten him in a lot of trouble professionally since. So Tommy said, I should say, so So Tommy was talking about a lot about what Ric Flair was doing on here. And he said his comments were in the vein of that they were carelessly said, they were clumsy, clumsily said, and they were victim shaming in a lot of ways. But here's what he said, and then we can get into kind of where, what things have transpired. But he, Dreamer said, Flair is not going to oppose himself by force, any sexual stuff onto anybody. He's just flaunting, silent and profiling, like the Ric Flair stuff, where everybody's going to laugh about it. Obviously somebody took offense to it. And then talking about the flight attendant's experience in the galley. It's a joke. He later added, it's a gag today. 1000% inappropriate. I've hung out with Ric Flair and never seen him force his will against anybody regarding the settlement. Cause there was a lawsuit that came out of this dreamer said, if that's how she felt, maybe she should have not taken any payout and went to the fullest extent of the law to put this heinous person in jail. My opinion dreamer made the, all these comments and they're careless. They're clumsily They're He probably had some point in here that he was trying to make, and it was not well bait. What impact said they came out they suspended Tommy dreamer. He said, we're aware of Mr. Laughlin. That's Tommy's comments on dark side of the ring. The views expressed by him in the interview are completely unacceptable. We can confirm Mr. Laughlin was suspended this morning with immediate effect pending further action. Now, since then, Tommy dreamer came on to has issued an apology, a written apology. He said, regarding my comments on dark side of the ring, it was never my intention to offend her or victim shame anyone. I understand my comments were insensitive and could trigger emotions in someone's own personal past. I do not condone sexual misconduct of any kind. I apologize to anyone I offended from the bottom of my heart. I am so sorry. So now we all have to look at Tommy dreamer and we have to make up our own minds. I want to give my, my thoughts on what I think about the Tommy dreamer situation and we can go from there where we, we need to first, I think impacted the right thing. I think given imperfect information. And the way that Dreamer was, came across on the show and his delivery and everything. I think they did the right thing. They said they suspended him pending further action. 
the wrestling business has just come such a long way from the way it's from its portrayal of women on television today and its treatment of women overall. We've lived through Me Too. We've lived through speaking out. Wrestling, women's wrestling is as strong as ever today. But if I'm Gail Kim and I've got the more, I don't want someone working in creative or as an active talent that might make the knockouts division uncomfortable that they have to work with this person or that even that they can't respect. You don't want somebody on the creative team that they can't respect. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's my kind of like first part. The second part though, is that I don't think dreamer should be punished forever. He said some stuff and like I mentioned before, they were clumsy, they're careless, they're insensitive. I don't know how much of the flight attendants interview dreamer saw when he made those comments. And if, if he had saw that stuff or heard that stuff from her, would that have changed what he said? I don't know if he had that context. I do also want to say he did not commit sexual assault. He said some st stupid stuff. He may be victim shamed, but he didn't commit sexual assault. And I don't think he should be punished in the same way that somebody who committed sexual assault would. So I don't think he should be going to jail. I don't think he should be canceled forever. No. He issued an apology. I do think finally that given Dreamer's apology, that impact and busted open for that matter, because he's not hosting on busted open at the moment. They need to, they, I think that they should work with Dreamer now on a path back. I don't think he should just walk back in the door, but there should be a path forward for redemption. I think that they could lay out and that might include him apologizing to the impact talent because you know what, all those women that are working in wrestling, they've persevered through the whole hierarchy of the wrestling business where women's wrestling was at the bottom and stuff. They have a really enormous knockouts division that's doing very well. I think he needs to be upfront with them and have a conversation with them. And, and if there's a path back for him, then I think impact should be okay with taking it. Yeah. Now the thing that with Tommy and I hope I say this right. Tommy has done so much for this industry in a positive light. Tommy is a great ambassador for professional wrestling. From what I can see throughout the years, Tommy Dreamer is genuinely an extremely nice guy, an extremely selfless guy, wants to help a very caring individual. I think that's where Tommy got in trouble because that I feel like that's what Tommy was trying to do. Tommy was trying to take some of the heat off Ric Flair. Yeah. As a friend. And that's somebody and then you look up to go up to Flair, 20 years, Tommy Sr. Tommy probably looked up to it. He's an idol. You know, Junior yeah. probably doesn't want to hear this about Flair either. You know, that's why that's the guy that I grew up watching that made me become a wrestler. And what Tommy did in defending Ric Flair was exactly shaming yeah. what happened. Yeah. And that's the problem. So I feel like Tommy, he apologized with the written, and I'm sure, like hearing what and I, who I perceive Tommy Dreamer to be, it was 100% genuine and sincere. Yep. I think he shouldn't get a patches, he should get suspended, and he will serve his time. Maybe one more when he gets back. Maybe even I would more do this on TV depth. I think you should do it on busted old, but I'm sure Bully would give him the time to do it. I'm gonna get Tommy a pass on this one. I think he 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 knows he, he knows he's wrong. 
what he said was wrong, and he apologized for it. I believe he is sincere. I would like to see Tommy Dreamer back on TV again. Yeah. I, I No, I agree with you. I, think, I, I do think he's sincere. I think that there should be a path for him for redemption. And if that means there's a public thing he has to do, or probably more importantly, in my mind, a private thing that he needs to do within, yeah. or an internal thing that he needs to do within the company, properly express where he's at. But there's people that have said a lot, said a lot worse things that are still on television every week. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure everybody, and there's thinking, or just knowing what Tommy has done, I'm sure even the knockoff division. They will forget that. But Tommy, we know you're not a sexual predator. We know you were, you were, you're an idiot. You were trying, you said the completely wrong thing. And that was bad. We forgive you for trying to stick up for Flair, even though Flair was wrong. You know, that yeah. is. Yeah. And again, I want to be clear. I'm not defending Dreamer in any way. I, I, I am, I am, I don't think Al, you are either in the extent oh. that what I'm saying is what he said was not right, but it was completely wrong. And, but I think that there's path forward and it wasn't a malicious, like I said, he wasn't trying to go, oh my God, this woman's a liar. This woman did that and the other things, all she wants to do is get Ric Flair's audience with. No, he's like, all right. He's like, okay, listen, yes, it was, a, it happened. It was, you know, he used the word joke. It's not a joke. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. It, it, it was a bolt. What Ric Flair did was a bully tactic. And that's why I, and this will be the last thing that it was a bully tactic. And it's up there to the point where I know Ric Flair did it in person, but this is the same stuff that's been happening over the internet with the slapper bullying and all that stuff. And we just lost that. This is probably yeah. where this is, you know, getting with, we just lost that. We, we lost that other Japanese superstar uh, a year ago with the cyber bullying. Like it, 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 this is no different. Yeah. Whether it's cyber bullying and you're typing, you are scarring, you could potentially be scarring someone to the point where they want to take their own life. Yeah. Sad. The one thing I do want to also point out is that, and I've heard accounts over the weekend after this had aired, that there is some ina inaccuracy. Now, I'm not saying that there is inaccuracy at the highest level that this stuff didn't happen because you know what, I'm sure that it happened, but there are some inaccuracies about the, the, the whole thing about like Vince and Linda being on the flight. Jonathan Coachman advised Dave Meltzer when he originally wrote the story that in fact, they were not on the flight. So there were some thoughts that a lot of, this was like almost 20 years ago, like Al mentioned, it was eight, 18 years ago. And there were many flights around the, around that time with things that happened. So the thought is that some of this stuff might've been conflated all into one flight as opposed to the fact that there were many, but probably the majority of the stuff happened on the one flight, but yeah. there are, there were some inaccuracies in that way on the, in the documentary or what I at least perceived to be inaccurate based on what was written at the time and understood at the time. So yeah, I mean, all, and just the last thing, I just hope this H bonding stuff that's got to stop too. Like this whole roofie thing, like yeah. they don't, they're doing it to themselves. They don't even, somebody admit it. I forget who said it on, on, on the show. They do it to themselves. They're their peers because it's funny to watch them and coherent and, and one And they said, they, in my opinion, I think he even said, we're sort of like, yeah, this, 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 they, they did it to women too. Yeah. And women's brother, you don't leave your drink unattended. It's just, it's a, it's a horrible world. Like when people are doing that to each other. And I think that's the implicit Scott Hall. <laughs> yeah. I've mixed a ton of drinks with pill before. And I've never been like, Scott Hall got H-bomb too. And it cost him his job because he, he looked like a, a moron in a wheelchair being, well, 
corn it off. I'm sure what the play they're going to do. But again, Scott Hall, you know, he got bombed too. He got set off. He did, but there's no denying the problems that he had before. No, no, you, 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 exactly. He, he buried himself with that, but then it's just like, all right. This was just maybe the excuse to. Yeah. No. Okay. That said, we are going to change the tone. We're going to have a fun time the last eight or 10 minutes of the show. We're going to talk about some good stuff that's happened. We're going to talk about option CL, but we're going to wait until we get back from commercial. So everybody stick with us. When we come back, it's going to be all smiles from here. So stick with us and we'll be right back. If you love the Daily Wrestling News show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out bodyslamclothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Robert Luca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Friday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeCani, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. And we are back in the headlines portion of the show, and Al Carl. If I want to attend or be on the Essential Wrestling Podcast, do I have to give up the Daily Wrestling News Show? Because that's what Josh Alexander has to do with the X Division title. Uh, I, I appreciate you uh, thinking you are the X title and I'm the world champion. I appreciate that right there. <laughs> yeah. So way back when Option C, and shout out to John DeConi. He called it last Tuesday. Going into it, I think Alexander's going to be doing the Option C. Like, Option C hasn't been done in like this, it can't still be a thing. And lo and behold, it has. It's the first time since 2018. So it's been three years since Option C was involved. And this started way back when, in 2012. An exchange between then X Division champion Austin Aries, who was running over everybody. He wants a bigger, he wants the bigger belt of this. And then I guess like uh, Hulk Hogan was running TNA back then. He's like, okay, do you want to relinquish your next title? I'll give you the, a world title match. And Aries agreed to it on one condition. And that's how Josh Angels Alexander was able to do it on Saturday night. And the one conditional was, I will do this, yes. But this has to be made available for any exhibition champion going forward. And that's where Josh Alexander comes in. He ran a rough shot. He beat the greatest exhibition champion of all time, albeit probably five years past, you know, I know Sabre, you know, prime of exhibition, you know, whatever, it's still fine. And he's going to both up and see, and he's going to challenge Chris Cage. I don't see that poor bastard. Bound for glory. So it's our first bound for glory match. Al, we're, st- we're going to start stacking up bound for glory because that's the next, 
that's the next show that we do have knockouts knocked down and no disrespect to that because that's going to be a fun show but bound for glory is the next big impact show and it's their it's their biggest show of the year and because it's their biggest show of the year you're decided to do something special. I'm going to invoke uh, option out. The special that we always do for the WWE, the big four. We always have the WrestleMania special, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, the Saturday uh, before the pay-per-view. We're going to do it for Battle for Glory, Ryan. I want to give them their just due. Battle for Glory is Impact's biggest show of the year, and it has been for a very long time. It is their version of WrestleMania. They aren't actually getting out of Skyway Studios for this. They're going to Vegas. They're going to rip it off WWE. They're going to take a 10 p.m. start time from what I heard, too. They're actually going to take a local time with that one. So we got to play up late on the East Coast to watch that. But, yeah, we're talking about me and you and John DeConi. We're in talks about doing one of the Bathroom Glory special with the original. And that show, like, just stumbled upon watching it live. And I was just jaw-dropped by it. And it just, ever since then, it's just been their, their main show. And I want to give it their just due. It's, this is, the, I believe, the 17th or 18th anniversary of it. So it's been about quite some time, probably the, the second, probably the longest, you know, running annual show outside WWE. Maybe, I don't know, Wrestle Kingdom's only at 14 or 15, right? That's, even, it's even longer than Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, but the most impact, impact, impact themselves might have some longer, longer running shows, but. Yeah, Victory Road, actually, that was the, Victory Road was their first, yeah. uh, was their first ever, but I don't know if they've done Victory Road every year. I remember them doing Victory Road two years ago, whatever, but it's, it's their biggest show. And we want to give it their just due. I'm, I'm already making the stats, making the graphics. We're going to treat this special for you guys. And all I ask in return is that they're going to go to Vegas. They're going to put Johnny Swinger and Swinger's Palace in Las Vegas. In between every match, I want Swinger's update, uh, Swinger's Palace update. <laughs> yeah. Just watching Swing Daddy go just trashing like the Bellagio and all the other, you know, the pain and white places back here. They could do so much with that. Uh, I'm looking forward to Johnny Swing. Man, there's no chance they haven't thought of that. They've got it. That's got to be front of mind, right? That's going to be the first thing they bought them. They just... Some other news that from Impact, not necessarily Bound for Glory, but there's a Bound for Glory tie-in, right? And Al probably will explain it when I say this. But Rhino signed a new deal with Impact. And I guess so. I guess so. that's great. It's been their talent down. Rhino's, man, I, I saw him... The last ep Thursday episode of Impact, I don't remember who he was standing next to, but I was, I was like, oh my God, Rhino's way bigger than I get him credit for. Wildly. We got the name Rhino. He's on a hairdresser on his day off. <laughs> but, uh, but Rhino was, was involved with the first Bound for Glory. Which, like, he was, and he was the main story of it, and it wasn't supposed to happen. Probably, I like Kevin Nash. Probably one of the best things that ever happened was Kevin, Ma Kevin Nash missing that show. And having that gauntlet of uh, challenge, Jeff Jarrett was supposed to be Jeff Jarrett and Kevin Nash the, uh, from the TNA NWA Championship. Nash came down with something. I forget the story. Uh, on storyline, I believe he got jumped by, uh, I think Jarrett was running around with Team Canada and America's Most Wanted at the time. So I don't know if they jumped him. I know they jumped Team 3D, the, the infamous 3D funeral, which was hysterical. And uh, yeah, Rhino ended up just running if you are a rhino fan the first bath for glory is the show for you rhino just absolutely just source and uh he said even last year he became the all-time winningest competitor at bound for glory when he won the corner shot gauntlet uh he ended up cashing that in for the tag championships with uh with uh violent by design but yeah rhino signed the new deal he was just baptized in the holy wars of change rebaptized oh and hopefully we have and now an even more evil rhino and it can continue as a wedding way is about for glory. I'm excited for Rhino. 
I don't feel like the storyline's going down the way that Rhino's going to be with Violent by Design for too much longer. In fact, didn't they do a, they did a beatdown on him on Thursday. I, I missed Thursday. I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to get, you got to get. You missed one of those things, you football, the pipe of one. Uh, well, you, what, I don't even know what's going to happen. You know, I'll watch Saturday. I just watched Victory. Yeah, Diener took a pin. Diener took a pin in the match. That was tag match, Rhino and, and Diener took the pin. And then Rhino and Eric Young got into it, and then everybody beat him up. Wow. Okay. Hopefully, in a, in a year, under good authority that it's happening, Heath is probably on his way back. And here they in a year. He was supposed to be my surprise pick for if they do the quarter shot. But Heath was supposed to win it last year. And boy, did that injury take the steam out of Heath. Poor guy. If they, if they, it's been a year. It's time to bring Heath back and get some get the band back together. Get those, get the saltines out with the cheese wins. Let's get those back too. That was great. All right, for this next segment, minor segment within the headline section, I want to, we'll, we'll call this the Gary Mahaffey Memorial segment since I haven't seen him in a long time. I'm not sure he's alive still. We'll see. No, I'd alive. NXT UK Championship number one contenders match this week. Nathan Frazier versus A-Kid versus Rampage Brown. This came out of Thursday's NXT UK show. So, uh, Al, what I was bringing up to you in uh, pre-production, now that Walter is vac- he hasn't vacated the title, but now that Walter has lost the title to Dragunov. Yep. These smaller guys are much more compelling. You know, Nathan Frazier and A-Kid are much more realistic opponents or believable opponents for Ilya Dragunov than they were for Walter. But Rampage Brown was the last man standing. <laughs> I don't know if they're believable against Rampage Brown. much. Less. Yeah, Rampage Brown's a tough customer, but here's the fun part, right? This match is huge because this sets up who the first yeah. challenger will be. Victor. Now, I think the average runtime of an NXT championship <laughs> reign it's somewhere near 700 days, all right? I'm dragging off the long time they hit the, the average here. But the fun thing is, and this is what I'm going to throw out there, and especially when I talk about it with Gary, I'll get your uh, opinion on it first. Dragging off could be one and done here and not hurt him. He is me. He is the guy that beat Walter. He by no means needs a 700-day reign as NXT UK champion to solidify himself. He did that in one match when he beat Walt. He's he's fine. But Dragunov is now forever the guy that ended the, the, the longest reign in the modern era. No one is going to remember his title reign. Unless he goes on and beats it. Now that's pretty much it. But like Dragunov is not bulletproof right now. I can totally see them just giving, okay, we'll just give it to Rampage Brown. We'll give it to Nathan Frazier, which would be awesome. That's fine, Jersey guy. I, 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 I think he's a, I don't think they would do it to him, but it's definitely in conversation because he doesn't need a long title reign here to be always remembered. Yeah, no, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. I, I think if he gets one title reign in, he'll, or title defense in, he'll tie Tyler Bate, right? Like that, I think Tyler Bate had one. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I think he did. (laughs) But yeah, no, you're right. I think you're absolutely right. That victory over Walter was going to be, is going to be way bigger than any match he has for a long time yeah unless That's unless it. he gets promoted so to speak he, he, he's gonna go and he's the guy that beat walter he's that he yeah. 700 day champion now he's the guy that beat walter title rank is completely irrelevant in my opinion with it i hope he had a good one and i know he's it's, it's something that needs a lot to him and he's gonna go all out like he did getting it but if he loses i'm gonna be like who cares he's the guy that beat walter right yeah no, like, it's, can't disagree i can't disagree uh and then the other match that's this week, Wolfgang versus Teoman in the Heritage Cup semifinals. So the winner gets to fight Noam Dar. 
So it's almost, again, you were talking about things that are irrelevant. This match. <laughs> no Dar all the way in this. I'm going to say, I think Wolfie, Wolfie will probably get Thursday. And that's going to set up a great match. I don't know if it's... The, 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 the view between Gallops and Mustache Mountain is very story. Tyler Bate is not unheard of. It would not surprise me, but no. I never bet against my guys. Look at my impact uh, record this past week. I never bet against my guys. I'm not going against Noam, though. He's going to have this. He's going to be Tyler Bate. You're putting Noam Dar and Rohit Raju on the same same uh, playing field. So a dream match for you, I guess. That would be. Well, that, that, he's got to take down Sting first, but then, yeah, we'll put him up <laughs> In a, in a British rounds match against Melvin Bar. <laughs> All right, the hits keep coming with Dark Side of the Ring because they've got Chris Canyon episode this week, and I we'll have to see how this one goes. This one might be also rough on us. So yeah, shout out to Canyon. He's a Jersey guy. I love when WCW even in the, the, after the uh, after Vince bought it. You know, he was running around with Page. They were tacking champions. He was given the United States Championship. <laughs> For being the Alliance MVP and the and the invasion in a yep, six man tag match that meant nothing on the show, he still like that. He might not even gotten the win. I don't even remember that one. It's it's, it's funny. Canyon who better and Brian Cage was he- is heavily influenced. He was trained by Chris Canyon, and that is a tribute. I will never. Brian Cage ripping off Chris Canyon. No, it, it is a tribute. Chris Canyon was a huge influence on Brian Cage's career, and as a tribute, Brian Cage. That's why he does the whole better. He does it where Canyon lives on. All right, another television note. NBC's Young Rock is apparently going to start filming their second season in Australia this November and December, PW Insider reported. So uh, I didn't actually make it all the way through season one of Young Rock, but it's pretty fun. The In the alternative universe where Dwayne Johnson is running for president. It's good. Yeah, Rock or anything with Rocky, just going to, yeah, it's yeah. money. So another story that I know is near and dear to your heart. Liv Morgan getting a pay-per-view match at Extreme Rules against Carmella. Uh, I haven't heard that the title of most beautiful girl in all of WWE is on a pole or anything, but there's going to be some sort of stipulation, presuming that she gets through her singles match with Zelina Vega on SmackDown. Liv has got two matches already set up. Naomi can't get one. So I don't know what's going on with her, but. Yeah, Naomi got. They only got fined for insubordination on Friday. I thought that was a little. I th- I think that's a bloodline. I think they're going to put her in the bloodline. I do. I... You have to. And, and you have to. Yeah, I, I would think so. Yeah, but Liv, we're, t- we're taking SmackDown by storm. Let's go. We'll get that draft status up. Hopefully she'll be a high draft pick. And then whatever show she lands up on at the end of the month, we'll start getting some title backs. You know, get a little chance here. Jersey girl. Let's go. Absolutely. So. We have Extreme Rules. I think that's coming up this weekend, right, Al? And then, and we had a big week. We had a lot of picks to go over tomorrow on the Zedra Wrestling Podcast. Um, mm-hmm. We got Dynamite Giant Slam. We have uh, Rampage Giant Slam. So that's 11 matches right there. Plus, there's six books already for Extreme Rules. Not to mention what's going to happen tonight. But the thing is, I, I think maybe tonight and Friday, we're just trying to find out what some of these stipulations are because we have not one eye for an eye match scheduled right now. And it's bothering yeah, I'm happy for that, but I'll take some other stipulations. <laughs> but hey, props to Malachi Black for just running with that, by the way. He wasn't involved in the eye for an eye match, but he got the, he had it happen on a random performance center episode of Raw. 
where I, his his eye jammed into the the corner steps, and he's running with it. You know, if if the war is finally going to happen, if there is eventually going to be a war, some type of crossover uh, promotion pay per view between AEW and Impact. I know rumors are Bunny's going to be going with Impact. Yeah, go it, do it. It's gonna it's still selling the the Bunny Murphy. the Bunny Murphy Lager. It's, it's absolutely incredible. It, it is incredible. I'm sure Ray's face looks like that too. I can't feel it. Yeah, we don't see it. We don't. Ray's face has to look like that. Yeah, yeah, but we don't see it. So, where was I? I was just listening to something where they were talking about Ray Mysterio making it all the way to Gorilla and then forgetting he didn't have his mask on. They had to run back. Oh. The all-in pay-per-view, the original one that Cody and the Bucks produced in Chicago before yeah. AEW was even a thing. It has famously went long, and because of it, there was a big six-man tag match at the end featuring Rey Mysterio. Well, he made it all the way to Gorilla, realized he didn't have his mask on, and had to run back. Also, oh, wow. a show that was already running long, up against the clock, got, you know, he, he, so his match got shorted even by more in regards to that, so just a Funny anecdote. Yeah, it's a fun little tidbit. I like that. It's good. Yeah. Taz, I think, okay, so just a credit where credit's due. I believe I got that from Fightful. I think that's where I read that. Taz applied to trademark, beat me if you can, survive if I let you. He tried, He applied for that in real life, which is going to be fun when next time CM Punk tries to use it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If Punk is officially going to be ripping off Taz, and Taz could get some money. That's right. Okay, so on to Monday Night Raw for tonight. We got a we actually have quite a lot advertised, which is, hey, props to WWE. I think that is something they should have always done. Now, make sure you give us these matches. But I know that match after you, Regine, matches, or uh, they have the, the card subject to change. I know it is a killer for you, but he could be ripping that script up as we speak right now, and we just get something completely. Other than I think the New Day and the Bloodline will happen, but who knows about the run? So MVP suffered a rib last week at the hands of Randy Orton's RKO. So. I don't know if that means we will see him on the show or we won't see him on the show, but interestingly, you have the New Day versus Roman and the Usos bloodline, like you just mentioned. Bobby Lashley is going to be obviously circling the ring. These, the whole New Day, that's just you know, those are his victims. He likes to put them down, except for Big E. He's got to have revenge on Big E on his mind. Yeah, and well, we're going to go back to your conversation that you had on Thursday on this show with John DeConi. You spotted an MVP with Shelton Benjamin. You had a whole segment on that hurt business. Yep. And uh, they, the, the rumor going around, you know, that it's short enough, but they wanted Adam Cole to be Keith Lee mouthpiece. But I don't know. That's gone, obviously. So Keith Lee. Yeah. Is this where we insert Keith Lee to the hurt business? Because. They're still owed a tag team championship match and if MVP. That's a big match. That is a big match. And uh, yeah, that's, you know, and I'd, I'd love... for Extreme Rules. That would be a nice, you know, Bobby Lashley and a partner in his choosing versus RK Bro and Extreme Rules. I'm a big fan of Keith Lee as is, but I think there's something interesting about Keith Lee heel that, that I haven't seen that I think would be good. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I understand it. I don't think you should keep Keith Lee as is because Keith Lee as is not on TV. We're not seeing him. Oh, well, correct. Yes. You did. Whatever you need to do to get him on TV and get him in a good position. Yes. So Keith Lee, you know, let's change it up. And it's all going to be, as soon as the pairing happens, it's all going to be about the destruction because Keith Lee and Bobby Lashley, as big and tough as they are, they're not the powers of pain. So they're, no, they're not the powers of pain. Very few teams are. So yeah. that's, you know, that's, they're, they're on a level of their own. <laughs> Still competing. <laughs> Natalia and Tamina are going to defend the tag titles against 
Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash. I think this is the end. I think it's I mean, the end. You got Cassidy. They're the worst champions of all yes, time. That's that's the worst occasions. They can't win if they're late to pen on. Thank God all those matches, whether singles matches or non-title matches. But speaking of you know, Shotzi Cheegan owned them about two, three months ago and still has not received their title. Why are Nikki and Rhea doing it? Well, because Shotzi and Tegan aren't on TV, <laughs> I guess. No, they're in the back, riding around the tank. Let's go. Let's find it. Miss Sonya, get her attention. Just like they always try to do. You take the fine from subordination, but you get your tag title shot. So let's, let's go. Never has there been a tag team with fewer wins. They just happened to, they won one match a few months ago. It just happened to be for the tag title. They won at WrestleMania too. And that's, but they, I don't think they've won since. You know, like, I mean, that was a big thing. I'll, I'll give them, that was a big one at WrestleMania. They didn't know what their opponents were going to be until 24 hours prior, and they got it done. Oh, good for them, but they just hadn't won since. So let's see. Nia Jax versus Shayna Baszler is on Raw tonight. Now, this one just reeks of setting up a pay-per-view matchup with the same people. Yeah, it, it does, but that would be I would say, unprecedented. It would be, you no know, unprecedented for an event not named WrestleMania, but that would be four women's matches at Extreme Rules. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this just reeks of no contest. Rings of No Cod, that's where Shayna Baszler taking the role. I, I would love to actually have that stat. And I would want to say Shayna Baszler is probably fell victim most to the roll up in her career. Travis had it last week on the show. And I don't know if he was just speaking in hyperbole, but he said what it was like 18 times or something this year. Yeah, I, I would believe it. It does sound like I, it does sound hyperbolic. Hey, hey, how about that word? But I, um, yeah, it wouldn't shock me because it just seemed like she always just rolled up, which is. Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy tonight. Now, if Jeff Hardy wins, he's in the U.S. title match at Extreme Rules. I think this would be more compelling if it was Kerry Cross. But Jeff Hardy, he's got to do something, I guess. Yeah, yeah. What is that? Did Jeff, people complain that Jeff was in the 24-7 crowd? So here you see, you complain when Jeff Hardy beats Kerry Cross. So, okay, these people don't care about Kerry Cross. Uh, Jeff Hardy was put him in the 20. Then you complain that he's not being used. So he beats Kerry Cross, it's wrong. He's in the 24 7 Somebody's got to make up their mind here uh, as far as fans go. Like, Jeff Hardy's fine. I know Jeff Hardy's not the best, you know, actor. I'll give you that. You know, if you're not talking about his alcoholism, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a story. You can do. Yeah, I'll give you that with. With a match. Screw it. Yeah, it's a show. It's great wrestler. I still enjoy watching Jeff Hardy wrestle, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. I'll give it to you in the sense that. You're right. The fans need to make up, the make, make up their mind, but so does, so does WWE you need to make up. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like, okay, which well, she wasn't going to ban against Jeff. You're trying to do right by Jeff. What, what, yeah, it's almost, okay, fans, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with Jeff? We'll, we'll give you control of him. Oh, we'll hippie, we get out of We'll give you 24 7. Okay, how do you have to do that? Alexa Bliss welcomes Charlotte to the playground. There will be a New Day celebration as Big E is the WWE champion. I'm That's full prediction. Bold prediction here that a tag team match will break out of that playground segment between Alexa Bliss and Lily versus Charlotte and Charlie. It's possible. It's possible. Who goes over? Lily or Charlie? Hmm. I think Lily like, goes over in the tag match, but Charlie probably goes over at the paper room. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost irrelevant who wins between Natalia, Tamina, and Nikki Ash because... <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe Lily and Charlie think it may it could be a whole big swerve with those two. Yeah, and they go after the winner of the tag title. Switch over Kenny Omega. Lily is the next belt collector. All right. With that said, and the ratings of this show drop. Yeah, it's <laughs> a long, but I had seen that yeah. point right. All right. 
Al, anything else in the world of wrestling we need to cover down on? We've got the EWP tomorrow to pick all those matches you talked about. One thing I'm going to tell you is that hockey schedule came out on TNT. I don't think this is a good thing for AEW. Uh, I'm laughing a little bit internally because everyone said the war ended because NXT moved. No, they were forced because of hockey. But now hockey got picked up on TNT. So now we're going to have a lot of Saturday Night Dynamites coming up. There's going to be a lot of 10 o'clock on Wednesday Dynamites coming up. There is going to be so much inconsistency with that show. Uh, you got to move to the TBS. Yeah, no, it's not good when it moves to when it moves to Saturday. It's not good for the ratings. It usually hurts. So, but the thing yes, what I'm saying, like, okay, it's Saturday this weekend. We're going to have to update people every Tuesday on our show and on your show. Oh yeah, guys, friendly reminder: a dynamite's on Saturday this week. Oh, a friendly reminder: a dynamite's at ten o'clock after the hockey game, and then get back in goes in overtime. Yeah, there's going to be there's just going to be a lot of inconsistency, and fans are going to be upset by it. But they get to watch some great hockey, so I guess it's a little inconsistent. I guess so. We shall see what happens. I will actually be very interested to know what the hockey ratings are, to be honest. <laughs> what they're not, it's an I guarantee you they'll skyrocket if they see my ice. <laughs> I don't think they have, I don't think, I don't think I'm the problem here. I don't think UBS has any one thing in, so I don't think I'm the issue. All right. For Al, I'm Ryan, and we will see you next time, which is tomorrow. 